Hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I am with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Eric Twiggs with me. He is a procrastination coach, and you're going to have to just tell us more about that. what that is. Um, I had an interview a few weeks ago with Brendan, uh, the speech coach, and he introduced us. So um, come on in, Eric, and tell us, what do you do? Fantastic, April. I'm glad to be on your show. So um your procrastination prevention partner. I am the author of The Discipline of Now, and I'm the host of the 30-Minute Hour podcast. And what I do is I help entrepreneurs and executive leaders to ditch their excuses, to beat procrastination so they can make more money, get more done, and feel more confident. So I like that you said that the, we're doing the 30-minute hour because we're actually doing that today. Usually, I run about an hour or 45 minutes to an hour, and we're going to try to do this in 30 minutes. So uh, tell me what that means. What I'm not familiar with your products, and so you're just going to have to explain them. So what uh, What does the 30-minute hour mean? Yeah, so that's the name of our podcast, right? So you have myself. I'm the host. Ted Fells is the co-host. And so we want to be able to provide just that that value in that content. So we want it. So typically, the funny thing is our shows typically go around an hour. Yeah, it's funny, but <laughs> we wanted to feel like it was thirty minutes because of the you like man that was fast. <laughs> yeah, and, and and just really and when you see the name, it just really makes you think. Is it thirty minutes? Is it an hour? It just kind of piques your curiosity. So that that's what we were thinking when we we named it that. How did you get into procrastination prevention? So it really, for me, it started back when I was in college. It mm -hmm. was my senior year at Hampton University. And I'm having this conversation. I talk about this in the book. I'm having this conversation with my good friend, Donnell. Now, April, I have to tell you, Donnell and I, at the time, we were a little different. So he was all about his purpose, and I was all about the party. Okay. <laughs> He's always giving me a hard time, right? He, was, he used to always say, man, you need to get it together, figure out what you want to do. You need to get serious. And I'm like, man, Donnell, loosen up. We have plenty of time for all that. Are you coming to the party with me or not? Uh-huh. So several weeks go by. I don't talk to him. And then I get a phone call from his mother informing me of the fact that he was killed in a car accident. I'm so sorry to hear this. Yeah. So that sent me the message that maybe I don't have the time that I think to do the things that I mm -hmm. need to do. And, and that's really what started me on this whole journey. And, and that's really the foundational experience as to why you and I are even talking right now. Okay. Okay. Yes, it's true. Life is short. So you're just trying to pack in the, as much as you can and be productive. And he was all about purpose. So what is your purpose now? So my purpose is to help people move forward. I, I like to help 100 million people to move in the direction of their goal. I, I just want people to don't delay. Don't because you know, and my co-host and I, we always say this, the easiest thing to do is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so my my purpose in life is to help people to inspire you to move in the direction of your goal. Now you do your coaching from home. Are you working from home full time or do you have anything else that you are um doing this as a side gig or is this your full-time thing? Yeah, I'm work for, I work from home full-time. I am in my office, especially with, you know, the, the latest pandemic situation. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm on more Zoom meetings than I care to be. <laughs> <laughs> do you do one-on-one coaching or do you do group co- coaching? I do it all. So okay. one-on-one, I'll do group coaching. Um, I'll do workshops with people where they can, you know, we talk about procrastination. I'll also, I also do uh, keynote presentations at, at virtual summits and things of that nature. Well, it's right up my alley. I hope we can do this again then very soon. Um, we Procrastination is definitely a thing. And I've had a few conversations now through these um, podcast episodes. Uh, there was one one in particular. We talked about fear. It was with Adam Weber. And he's the call cast. Uh, he has a podcast episode every single day. And he talks about fear. And as we were having this conversation, I started to realize, you know, I think that my procrastination is actually a form of fear. Can you can you talk to that at all? Oh, for sure. So it's funny that you say that it, because when I do the workshops and, uh, you know, we talk about what causes people to procrastinate and I have them break out. And t- fear always comes up. And, mm-hmm. and I would say that fear is a leading cause of procrastination. So you ha- it's three parts of it, right? You have the fear of success, which is common, believe it or not. Uh, oh, yeah. Fear of failure is, is big as well. And then you have fear of the unknown. Uh, probably the number one out of those three is probably that fear of failure. You know, mm-hmm. you know what? What if I get rejected? What if? Yeah. What, what if? What if? Yeah. Um, and, and so, really, the key uh, I found, if you want to overcome that fear of failure, is to focus more on the process than you do the outcome. Okay. You have yeah. to focus on okay. So if it's someone is studying for an exam. You know, focus on the study habits, focus on, you know, how, how much you're going to read per day, how much you're going to okay. practice, as opposed to thinking about the grade, because the grade, if you're doing the right thing, the grade takes care of itself. It comes, it comes along with the process. Okay. Yes. I like this. Keep going. So, yeah. So we talk about, so that's fear of failure. The fear of success is, you know what, maybe I won't measure up to the new standard. It's really common. So for example, Let's say I do a presentation for April and it goes well. And so if I have a fear of success, I may say, well, what if April calls me back and I don't have another really good presentation? Okay. So, so the, the solution for that is it's a formula I call be, do, have, right? And this, this has everything to do with what you should be focusing on instead of the fear of success. Focus on, so if I can become more, I can do more. And then ultimately, if I can do more, I can have more. So if you're always focusing on becoming more, you don't fear success because you're ready for the moment. If you're always just focused on getting better and reading and listening to audio and listening to great podcasts like this one, you know, you'll <laughs> find when that door opens that you're ready to walk through it. So when you're talking about the fear of success, <clears throat> it does make me think a little bit about the imposter syndrome stuff. Do you come into that a lot as well? Yes, it's uh, it's a hundred percent true. I know Amy Cuddy did this fantastic TED talk, and she talked about this whole idea of the imposter syndrome, where you feel like that you know the police are gonna they're gonna find out that you're not as good as you're trying to present yourself to be. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think it goes back to focusing on the process. You know, it's funny you talk about the imposter syndrome. I, I, there's a friend of mine who. She has a PhD and she will never introduce herself as Dr. So-and-so. 
Okay. She just never will because of that. Because she's afraid that they'll start trying to have an intellectual conversation with her and realize that maybe she isn't as smart as they thought in the beginning. So this mm. she says that, you know. So when I'm at a social gathering, I never say I'm Dr. So-and-so. You know, I just say I am Lisa. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, I definitely find that I have... Um, Oh, I had a conversation with a lady the other day. She's actually an imposter syndrome coach. Hmm. And um, I haven't interviewed her yet. I, I would love to bring her on soon. So I that I should make a note, <laughs> you know, to get this done. Um, but it definitely comes up like I sometimes think, well, I I had a desk job that I didn't really, I wasn't really proud of it. I mean, at times I was like, I worked for Mayo Clinic. I know you actually quote them in... Um, in the form that you filled out for me, um, you know, sitting is the new smoking. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I worked for them for 17 years and it was a, you know, a prestigious place, you know, as far as the medical community is concerned. But when I'm coming now into this different sphere of, you know, um, helping people who work from home, I have 12 years of experience of working from home in lots of lots of different capacities, but I still, sometimes I'm like, well, I haven't changed the lives of a hundred people who work from home yet. I hope to, but I haven't done that yet. So yeah, there's definitely that like people might know that about me. I'm pretty open, obviously. I just said it. You know, I haven't helped 100 people who work from home yet, but I'm hoping that maybe through this podcast, I will. And as we, you know, grow the company that I had this vision for that we will, but I definitely get, get caught up in, you know, that, well, I haven't yet, but, uh, you know, maybe it won't work or maybe, maybe it'll all just fizzle out or maybe I'll, I don't know. There's it definitely is impacting my day. I, uh, watched Queen's Gambit with my husband, Gambit, with my husband last night. We finished it up and afterward we were just chatting for a little while and I was like, you know, things aren't moving maybe as quickly as I would like them to, but um, I really feel like we've, we're getting momentum, but um, I can really get stuck sometimes in the mindset stuff and I never knew that that was a real thing. I guess I always thought that mindset stuff was kind of woo-woo or, um, you know, for yoga instructors or something, I don't know. And I'm like, I definitely find myself hitting roadblocks and you have to one day just buckle up and, and move past it. And then there's going to be in the next one. So now this podcast is running, you know, we've got it working. We've got a system to, you know, get it published and everything. Really, I'm enjoying this, but there's the next hurdle. Now I'm looking, now that we've got this going, I have got the next thing that's coming up for the new year. You know, I've got some big plans and, uh, you know, am I going to be able to implement them? Yeah. And, and so one of the things is we talk about this imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. so, so like I work with people to, uh, I, I tell them to create a win log. If I'm coaching somebody ah. for one, they have to literally get a notepad out and they need to be tracking their wins. So yeah. the wins could be something small. The wins could be, I got a great review from a customer. Hey, I, I sold, you know, I converted this sale. I didn't think I was going to be able to convert. I launched my first podcast episode and, and it can help you to overcome that imposter syndrome because you realize, because you know, our mind focuses yeah. on what we don't have or what we mm -hmm. haven't done. Hey, I haven't helped a hundred people, but you know what? <laughs> I helped one person and, and literally think about it. If you help one person, you you could potentially impact their world. And you just never know who that person is going to come in contact with. So, so I, I help people to really focus on their wins. And I, I'd always say, you know, the, the more you write your wins down, the more wins you'll have to write down. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, if you are that person that I have helped through this podcast, <laughs> please reach out to me and let me know because I would love to hear from you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, because with what we do, you don't always get immediate feedback that you're making yeah. a difference, right? And it's eating out. I'm like you, I've gotten into these things where I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm doing this. Is anybody really listening? And then every now and then somebody will just reach out to me out of the blue and say, mm -hmm. hey, Eric, you know what? I heard that episode and it really inspired me. Or like one time I was at a trade show and I was in one of those moods and a lady, you know what? Seven years ago, I listened to your audio and that inspired me to start my business. It's reminding me that I should probably reach out to a few people that have inspired me through their podcast because I, I'm not usually, you know, just like sending them an email randomly um, unless I'm inviting them to be on my podcast. Like, oh, yeah, I started listening. Oh, I have this guy in California. I've been listening to him for six years on and off. And it's about time that I reach out to him and be like, you really inspired me. Thank you for that. Yeah. Eric, can you tell us a little bit about um, for those of us, um, me included, big time, uh, who want to improve the procrastination. I don't know. How would you say, what's the opposite of procrastinating? Uh, being productive. Yes. How, mm -hmm. how could someone who really struggles in the area go ahead and make some baby steps towards um, improving that and turn it into like a lifetime habit of, you know, progress. So, so one basic thing you can do, I don't care what your personality type is. I don't care if you're a morning person or a night owl, mm -hmm. get, get, in the, get in the habit of making appointments with yourself. Okay. If you think about it. So, so, so here, here's the problem I would have, right? I, I would say, I, I've got this business. I'm going to recruit employees. I need to start hiring. And then, it, so I say, I'm going to do that this week. And what, what I would find is it would be Friday at five o'clock and I hadn't done anything because, you know, life gets in the way. So what I would say, if you just get in the habit of making appointments with yourself. So if there's something you're saying that, you know what, I'm going to write a, I'm going to write an article this week. Don't say mm -hmm. this week. Say, I'm going to write an article at Monday or Monday at one o'clock and make that appointment. And you, I love this. The chances of you doing it go up by like 80% based uh -huh. on studies. If you've got it as an appointment with yourself. So, you know, figure out what, what are those priorities? Because one of the things that bothers me, April, when people say to me, oh, yeah, Eric, I didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> You had time. I've had to ask people. I've had people. We, we have a weekly coaching session, the same date and time. And they're like, I'll, I'll list off four things they said they wanted to do. And all four instances, they say, you know what? I didn't have time to do it. And I'm like, how do you have time to talk to me right now? Yeah. You know, if you don't have any time. <laughs> Did you have time to watch Netflix? Because that Queen's Gamut movie or video or show we watched, it was you know, seven episodes of seven hours. And we fit that in this week. Right. Um, right. <laughs> we did. Because that's that's something that was a priority for you. Yeah. That's important. So you're going to make time to find a way to make it happen. And, and so so that's the power of just making an appointment with yourself. And like you, physically put it onto your calendar? Yeah, take your Google calendar, whatever the reminder. you use, set it a reminder and make an appointment to do it. If you just do that, and then here's the other side to that as well, is, you know, if you can block off that time as your time. So if you, if you, the people around you need to know that for that window of time, that's your, you know, blog time, that's mm -hmm. your website update time or whatever mm -hmm. you've dedicated it to, and they need to hold your phone calls. So mm -hmm. yeah, if you just set that appointment with yourself, make that a prior, even if it's family time, yeah. even if it's, you know what, I'm going to be with the kids for this hour block, 
Mm-hmm. You know, really make you set, make, make it an appointment with, with yourself. I really like this suggestion. I pro- and I've probably heard people say it before, but it's really hitting home right now because you know what? If I set this appointment with you, Eric, to have this podcast, I wouldn't have like just skipped it or just gotten distracted with, you know, looking at my phone or something because I've had that reminder. I don't want to let you down, you know, or leave you just wondering where I am. Um, and so I show up, right? And if we could show up for ourselves the same way that we'll show up for other people. Hmm. This is gold. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Talk about daily routines for a minute, if you can. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very important. You know, you, I think the more you can put things on autopilot, you know, the, the more habits you can create, you know, that's just one less thing that, you know, you have to struggle to do. The goal mm-hmm. is you want to get certain things to the point. It's like almost like where it's br- like brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. you know. So you, you don't have to think, oh, man, oh, man, I got to brush my teeth. No, it's just it's just part of what you do. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, uh, there's another tool, is a three by five card. So I always have this three by five card. Okay, I've got a stack of them over here. Right, and, mm-hmm. and so I have something, I call it the Twigs Top Five. Okay. And, and this just kind of helps you to get into routines and really prioritize. And so what, what are the five critical things that I need to be doing on a daily basis that, that line up with my ultimate goal and my purpose? Right. So the recurring things that need to happen on, on a routine basis. Right. What, what are some things that need to happen that, you know, it, it hasn't become a habit yet? Okay. For example, one of those things could be going to the gym and working out. Yeah. Right. So for me, I don't need to, at the, I'm at a point, I don't need to write that down because it's just, it's like brushing my teeth. I'm just going to wake uh, yep. up and I'm just going to do it. But for some people, if that's, that's a part of your plan, you know, getting, mm-hmm. losing weight or what have you, that's something mm-hmm. you write down. And it's just something psychological. When you start writing it down, you feel more compelled to do it. Yeah. Within when if you just say, I'm going to do it. Um, so that's another thing. And you'll find that you start setting good habits and then you get to the point where you don't have to write it down anymore. Uh, and you can replace fun. it with the next thing that has been a, a struggle for you. Right. I, I've learned that um, a few months ago, I think kind of when I was getting started uh, with the podcast and trying to get preparing for the podcast, actually, um, I'm like, man, I am going to be starting a business while I'm doing online school with three children, which is like a full-time job. I won't lie. Um, I might as well homeschool them. It'd probably take me less time than trying to coordinate everything with all these different teachers and the papers. And um, anyway, um, and so I really struggle sometimes when I have my kids home to get my work done. And now I have all three kids home and trying to do more work than I had been before. And so I'm like, I really need to up my game and make some changes in my routines. And I have learned that I do really well if I take one of those things that I routinely do without thinking about it. Like I'm always going to drink. I'm really good at drinking enough water. Right. And I'm going to drink a little coffee every morning to keep the headache away. So I don't forget to drink my coffee, and then I usually don't forget to drink water. Well, what I did forget a lot was taking my vitamins. And for whatever reason, I have a supplement um, regimen. It's stuff. I, it's not like prescriptions or anything, but I just take some things that help me feel better because of whatever. And I had to pair it. I had to say, if I drink coffee, then I will take my vitamins every day. <laughs> and if I tell myself that, like this little mantra, if I drink my coffee, I need to take my vitamins every day. Um, it really upped my, you know, 80% success, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I come down to, when I come down the stairs, 
I need to stretch my arms because there's a certain doorway that's just the right size. And I struggle a lot with, you know, if I'm not really on top of that game, I really struggle with um, upper neck shoulder stuff just from previous injuries and things like that. And also being a transcriptionist for 17 years, <laughs> typing, you know. And if I go through that doorway, I stop, I take a moment and I stretch it and it really has helped. So what about you? I'm assuming that pairing things together is is part of the plan. That, that That's a good technique to do if you, especially if it's something that isn't desirable for you. Because yeah. one of the leading uh, causes of procrastination is something that's called task aversion. Like, bottom mm-hmm. line, you just don't like doing it. It's just not something that, you know, you, you just enjoy doing. Yeah. So, like, for example, for me, with those tasks is every time I'm going to do it, every time I'm going to take the trash out, I'm listening to an audio. Yeah. So my, my wife always looks at me like I'm crazy when <laughs> I go to take, I've always put my headphones on when I'm going to take the trash out. Okay. So you're pairing it with something pleasurable. Right. Because I, so oh. now while I'm taking the trash out, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm getting mm-hmm. better uh, and I'm still getting the task done. Um, so, so that, that's a way the pairing for me is something that kind of helps me to get through, you know, some of the tedious things that, you know, yeah. have to be done. Um, so if I'm doing like uh, some type of expense report or auditing something, you know, I might be listening to music. So, yeah. so I, I pair that and that, that makes it easier for me to do. So, no, I, I would definitely encourage people to try to pair, uh, pair tasks and, and it kind of help. It'll help you to get more done. Can you tell me a little bit more about um, how you can stop distractions? Because um, I don't know if I have like. <laughs> Uh, undiagnosed ADHD, but I definitely have the shiny syndrome, uh, you know, and all the things that can just distract me from my task. Like I'll even tell myself I need to do this, this, and this today. And then I will let so many things interrupt my day. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, I'll have to try again tomorrow. Yeah. So one of, one of the things I recommend, because I, I think I just believe the best defense is a good offense. Um, so you just want to stay on offense. So, so one of the things, like I, I try to help people to not, like when you, when you look at your email, right? I, I encourage people not to check their email off when they come off of a big break. Okay. Well, let's, let's say first thing in the morning, let's say. Yep. You know, because what happens is now you're in reaction mode. Yeah. You see an email now, oh, got to call this, got to do that. <laughs> yeah. but you're, so now you're distracted because you're not really on your agenda. You know, so... Mm-hmm. The big one thing you can do is so don't check your email right after a break. So even if you're taking a 15 minute break to get exercise, don't come back and check email. Okay. You know, come back and, and really focus on your creative thing. So that's one thing to do. Uh, the other thing is just eliminate the distractions, like like on your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, get get rid of those alerts. Yeah. You know, get rid of the notifications, the sounds and dings, and, and even the badges that. <laughs> so, so check this out. Check this out. You may have heard this with it. There was a study that was done. They studied these college students and, and the, the study concluded that 88 percent of them could feel their phone vibrating even when it was powered off. Oh, they call it a uh, fan, phantom notification syndrome. Wow. So your phone is so distracting. It can distract you even when it's powered off. There have been times that I have had to physically take my phone. My husband works through 
through the bathroom in our bedroom. And sometimes I'll just say, can you babysit my phone for me? I have a thing. I, I have a really hard time powering my phone off because um, we've had some emergencies in the past where you need to be available on phone. And that was even 20 years ago. But I've never really felt comfortable turning off my phone all the way. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes I'll just say, if my phone rings, <laughs> you can bring it to me. Otherwise, you know, I just is just taking, you know, my focus away. Yeah. So basically, like, I don't even sleep with my phone on the same floor. Oh, wow. Yeah. But just for that reason, because I don't want to be tempted to when I don't want to disrupt my creativity. I don't want to be sitting there all of a sudden it goes off. And I'm like, oh, what's that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I literally mine is on a completely separate floor. So I have to go all the way downstairs to get it. <laughs> so I, I at least try to put mine at like the foot of the bed, like where I can't just like reach it and start, you know, getting distracted. The light wakes me up. I've worked nights for all these years and I have to be very careful to not disrupt my circadian rhythm. Yeah. Um, so it definitely yeah. like the blue light and everything like that can really affect us. I do use a lot of like, um, I use newsfeed eradicator for my Facebook and that helps me um, not be able to see the feed unless I'm very intentional and I can set a five minute time limit on that. Um, and I definitely have had to remove apps from my phone in the past. And then, I mean, we just went through an election, you know, I mean, I definitely kind of like <laughs> let it go for a little while um, and kept up with the news more than I normally would. But I'm trying to suppress that again because I can find myself sitting on my phone for six hours when I had six hours of other things I could do. Mm -hmm. Eric, tell us how we can find you and what kind of coaching you provide. Yeah. So you can find me. You can go to my website thedisciplineofnow.com. You can get the book, The Discipline of Now. It's on audio, it's on paperback, um, and it's in ebook format. Um, you can also find me. I'm the president of this thing called the What Now Movement. So you can go to that Facebook group. We've got close to 1,500 entrepreneurs, um, executives, uh, authors, and we, we provide content to help people to pivot. You know, So when you face a crisis, you, you say, what now? Right. That's why we call it the what now movement. You don't right. just stop. You, you keep moving. So you can actually go to the what now movement Facebook group. It's free. You can join. Like I said, there's 1500 uh, people in there that are very supportive. And we provide these live videos every day that are 15 minutes to keep you motivated and to keep you moving. I love but, it. And then as far as the coaching I provide, like I said, I, I do one on one coaching um, I do group coaching and I certainly speak at different types of events. Yeah. I'm looking at your bio and it's like, you've done 28,000 coaching sessions. Gosh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's a lot of coaching. <laughs> yes. And you've, uh, done a, a lot with organizations. So if anyone needs a, a speaker, like a keynote speaker and virtual summits, you said. Yes. Okay. Well, this has been wonderful, Eric. I actually am hoping that I can continue this conversation with you. So we'll uh, we'll be in touch. Yes. Uh, but do you have any final words you'd like to leave our audience with? If someone just needs an infusion of productivity into their life, what would you yeah. tell them? Here's the thing. Don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. You know how it is. You figure, oh, you know what? I've got to do more research. I've got to find out more. I've, I've got to have all the details worked out before I start. No. Sometimes you just have to move forward based off of what you know. Yes, and, they, yes. and the key is there is someone who has the result that you're looking for. I don't care what if you're looking to start a podcast, 
Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, I don't understand. I'm not a, I'm not a techie, so I can't start a podcast. Mm-hmm. No, there's someone who's less techie than you who has a successful podcast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so for exa- you can go in the What Now movement and you can find one of these people <laughs> and they will literally tell you what they did and, and they can save you from having to reinvent the wheel. But definitely okay. don't allow perfect become the enemy of progress. Focus on taking the next step, no matter how small it seems. Wow. Good stuff, Eric. All right. Actually, we're doing a bonus section. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yes. Well, we 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 got it about 30 minutes earlier, and I just had so many more burning questions I needed to ask you. So thank you for resuming. Uh, so I've changed my shirt. Um, if you're watching the video, I put the headphone on the other side. And well, let's just keep going. Eric, what I didn't get to ask you about earlier is your own journey, like how you ended up working from home and um, what that looks like for you. And honestly, there's a little tidbit that I'm really curious about. Brendan mentioned something about me. He said that Maybe he's talking about someone else, or was this you? Did you ever work in the automotive industry? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. So tell me, how did that work? Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it's actually part of my story. So I told you how, how um, my friend passed away. <sighs> and yeah, so I knew that I needed to uh, really pay attention to time. Mm-hmm. So after that, I figured. Yeah, you know what? I need to make as much money as I possibly could. Um, I need to climb the corporate ladder. So I did. And I got to a point where I started working in an automotive field and I worked my way up to the ranks. I was a district manager. I had 17 locations. I had 500 employees. Wow. And it was a good time. We were winning awards and, you know, I'm driving the big car. (laughs) <laughs> and then I remember this clear as day that, you know, I'm sitting at the light in my BMW. I look at the rear view mirror and the eyes that were looking back at me were those of someone who hated what he was doing. Ah. All right. So what happened was I had become successful, but I didn't feel significant. Okay. And I felt like there's got to be more. There's got to be something else. Um, that I could be doing. And, and that really kind of started this journey where I said, okay, you know, what What should I really be doing? And, and I started looking back and it was always, when, when I thought about times I felt the most fulfilled, it was always when I was speaking in front of a group. Okay, for, yeah. For part, for part of my career in automotive, I was a corporate trainer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the job I really loved. I remember mm-hmm. I, I, whenever I would do these training sessions and I could just do that all the time. Um, and then I got promoted and all this other stuff happened, but yeah, so, so that really, so then I just started pursuing the speaking, you know, I I joined Toastmasters International, uh, and and then from there I joined the National Speakers Association, uh, and then here we are. Okay. So so what was the timeline for all of this? Did you go to school expecting to be in the automotive industry or is that something that just happened from your business? Oh, it just happened. So like, right, you know, right when I graduated from college, um, they offered me a position and I just figured, okay, I'll do this for a little while until something better comes along. And then every time I'd be close to leaving, I'd get some type of promotion. But, but you know what? I, and I don't think that, <laughs> I, mean, that I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think that's an accident. Right? Yeah. I just think things happen for a reason. And I mean, literally, you know, 
I, I, I've never get um, like right. I, I got this position like right when I was I was like five minutes away from. I ended up getting being like five minutes away from where I lived, and it just worked out. And but yeah, so so I spent time in, in the automotive field, but I think that was all by design mm -hmm. to really help me to be, to get to where I am right now. It gave you that speaking opportunity. Now, what did you study in school? I was a marketing major. Okay, I can see that. And then uh, you just really enjoyed the the teaching aspect, and you decided, how can I run with this? So how did you get from teaching in the industry like that to deciding on procrastination as your topic? Well, uh, so first off, you, you know, I'm your procrastination prevention partner. But from the time I realized that I should be speaking, that was like three years. Okay. To, to, from the time I realized that I was speaking, I should be speaking to the time I actually started. You know, that was like a three-year time window because uh -huh. I kept talking to myself like, okay, who's going to bring me in to speak to the organization? What am I going to say that hasn't been said already? Mm -hmm. So I had all of those all of those questions running through my mind. The imposter so syndrome you talked about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I procrastinated. But then finally, I took that step. I, I took the step of joining Toastmasters. And then when I joined Toastmasters, I met someone who trained professional speakers. Mm -hmm. And then I took that step. And then after I met that person, I met someone who was in the National Speakers Association. And then I joined the National Speakers Association. Yeah. And then when I took that step, I met someone who ended up writing the forward to my book. Okay. And so all of these steps just started coming up. But but it, they didn't start revealing themselves until I started moving forward. Hmm. So move forward and things might reveal themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's all about. No, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, you can't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. And a lot of times you don't know what the next step is. But once you start moving, you start to see what to do next. Right. Did you spend any time, um, were you able to do more teaching and coaching in that automotive industry once you decided that's what you wanted to do? Or were you just kind of like stuck in that job, you know, turning the wheels until you could be released to do what you wanted to do? It just basically was in that same district manager position. Now, I mean, there were, there were elements of that job that involved teaching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were times where I'd have meetings and I would teach on a certain selling process. So yeah, I did get to speak to a group. But the funny thing though is you, know, you were asking, you know, how did I end up talking about procrastination? You know, I, like I would have a coach and, and and the coach would always tell me, you know, it's interesting, like all your speeches involve time one way or another. So oh. like even back when I was, yeah, there was always like, there was always some aspect of, we gotta do it now. You, know, you mm -hmm. can't wait, you gotta, gotta pursue your purpose. You don't, don't procrastinate. Yeah. And because I was trying to, when I was starting to get into the speaking space, figure out, okay, what's my niche and what's my lane? Right. And, and then they were, and then the person kept telling me, you know, you, you seem to talk about time a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and every speech I hear from you has got some element of time management in it. Wow. And, and then, so whenever I, like, if I created a product about overcoming procrastination, it flew off the shelf. It was the craziest thing. I mean, if I went and, I mean, people literally would, I would do a trade show. I'd have the product at my table. Oh yeah, I definitely, I need that. My mother needs that. 
my relative needs that, you know. So that, those are just kind of signs that this is what I should be talking about. Um, that's amazing. I love it. And uh, how long have you been doing the, just the coaching now? Uh, so I started this in 2011. Okay. Oh, so you've been doing this yeah. for a while. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of hours were you working when you were in corporate and what kind of hours are you working now? Uh, so when I was in corporate, you know, it, it was 60, 65, uh, but, but it would be, you know, Saturdays, Sundays, just things just would come up. Okay. You know, yep. so cause I, cause I had like, you know, 17 locations. So something could happen in one of the locations. Mm -hmm. It could be on a Saturday. It could be on a Sunday. On so call. you, you yeah, you were just kind of on call, you know, it, it, my, you know, the vice president of the company could be visiting one of my stores at random, you know, cause that's what they did. They would just do unannounced visits. <laughs> All right. So, it, you know, it was just, it was just nonstop. Mm -hmm. So now as far as my hours, I would say my probably 40 to 50 hours a week is probably how much. And is that what you want to be working? Yeah, usually it's just how it works out based off of things I've got to do. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you factor in just the number, I do a lot of interviews on podcasts and mm -hmm. I'm doing things for my podcast. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, and combined with coaching, combined with speaking, um, speaking at virtual summits and things like that. So. I'm always curious to hear how people, um, you know, because I, I want to make that distinction, like how many hours are you working and what do you really want to be doing? Because some people want, like they like to keep their life full in that way, you know, keep busy and that's their enjoyment. And some people f would feel burned out at 40 to 50 hours and they need to reduce it. And so I was just curious, like how that works for you, especially as a procrastination coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think it's better to, you know, you have to understand there's a difference between being active and being effective, yeah. you know? So it's, it's very easy to think that you're doing a lot of things that, but you're not, you may not be being effective. I, I feel like the things I'm doing are the things that I, I should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about home life and like how you manage your household stuff compared to your work? Cause that whole work from home thing is a big deal as far as like, you know, you're in your space right now and I know you got up and you closed your door. I don't know if you have household members or not, but like oh, yeah. here, yeah, we've got three kids. My husband is off work today and it was like, oh, I'm going to try to sneak in another episode today because, you know, he can manage the kids and keep them out of this office, which I'm in a closet, by the way. Um, <laughs> I always like to mention that. Um, and, you know, otherwise it gets a little bit tricky as far as like fitting in my work and getting interrupted by, you know, my kids have real needs. Like sometimes their computer won't work or, you know, their teacher needed them to needed me to come and talk to them or something like that. So I'm pulled away a lot. How do you manage it? Yeah. So the, so the challenge is, especially when I first started, you know, really working from home, you know, you, you tend to work more. Like I found that I was just working more because I'm like, oh man, you know what? I can start earlier. I can stay later. I don't have to worry about traffic. You know, I can just, just keep going. So I, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd start at 6.30 and be working into the evenings. And, and then my wife would be like, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, yep. <laughs> I haven't seen you. I hear you. Uh, so I had, to, I had to really get to a point where I set a clear start time and stop time. Okay. And, and then just, and I think that that's very helpful if you work at home. To really just kind of set that time where you go, this is the time I'm going to start, this is the time I'm going to stop, 
and then really making a point to be present, you know, with the family when I'm with the family. I think that so much of it has to do with personalities because some people are aiming to get <laughs> maybe the, the fewest amount of hours into their work week <clears throat> with the same results. You know, some people are really saying, I want to try to get the, <clears throat> sorry, I'm like trying to talk in. <clears throat> <laughs> some people are trying to get as many things done in a in a work day in as few hours as possible and so that they have like the rest of the day to be free and other people are like I just can't stop working or like for me I have to rearrange my schedule around like the family needs so I was trying to work a nine to five you know while my kids are gonna be at school this year and then the pandemic came and now I'm trying to like squeeze in as much as I can before they have to wake up and go to school and as much as I can after and so that does eat into that family time but I have young oh, sure. children too, so. Yeah, so like um, my son is seven, my daughter's 10. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's certain times I need to help with homework. Mm -hmm. So that, that's one reason why I need to shut it off. So, you know, I'm, I'm helping with homework, we're scanning, work. We're, we're in a virtual world now where, you know, they're, they're, they're work. you know. Yeah, it's more work for mom and dad. <laughs> right, so, so you're the teacher and you're the parent. Uh -huh. um, so, so you're dealing with 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 that dynamic, um, but I tell you, I mean, balance balance is key, and I, and I think people misunderstand what balance really means, right? So so balance isn't necessarily working less. You know, balance could be working more, but but balance is the idea of that you're not neglecting other areas of your life, right? So I, so everybody like in my house, they understand that I'm pushing you know, to get to a certain place with, you know, the book and the coaching and everything else. So for this season, I need to be working more, but when I'm not working, I'm fully present with them. Okay. I'm not neglecting them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's times on the weekend, we'll just go, go somewhere where we can, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get away, we'll, we'll do something and where it's about them. I like it. Uh, my schedule just shifted a little bit again. Uh, I have a virtual assistant and he was working in his nighttime hours, which would be my daytime hours. And we just switched him. So he's working days and he's coming in uh, right after my kids finish school. We're starting uh, to work together. Um, and so I can get some things kind of prepared for him during the day and then he can take over and we'll chat here and there a little bit. But what what was a little bit unexpected, I forgot that if he switched to his daytime hours, that means that he would be starting on Sunday with mm -hmm. me. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't like to work on Sundays, but actually I, I kind of like having that Friday off because then my husband is, you know, off of work and we usually have like a Friday night movie night or something like that. So my weekend is now basically Friday evening through, you know, Sunday afternoon. And I'm, I'm kind of liking the shift. It's a little different, but it's working. Awesome. So uh, do you have anything else you want to wrap up from what we left, where we left off this morning? I don't know if you <laughs> remember our conversation. Um, so, I mean, it's just something else. I think um, clarity is the starting point of success. I think it just really helps to be clear on where it is that you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. And that, that can even help as it relates to just balancing all the dynamics of, of working from home right. and keeping everybody on the same page. Um, and then so the, the key thing, too, from a working from home standpoint is that sometimes different you know, members of the family perceive working from home differently. Yeah. Like like some people work from home. They don't really work from home. They're just kind of at home. They don't have to really check in. Right. 
but then the others like myself, let's say I, when I'm working, I'm actually, you know, on coaching calls, I'm mm-hmm. this, I'm that. So yet we have to understand everybody's boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's key. Yeah, I worked for, uh, I think it was over, it was about 10 years from home for um, the medical industry when I was doing medical transcription. And we had to clock in and clock out. And like we had to basically schedule our lunch around, you know, to make sure that we had coverage because we were working for the emergency department and, you know, typing emergency, you know, things and uh, emergency things. Yeah, we were typing like emergency notes and also like surgical things and clinical things for the hospital and the clinic. So, uh, there was a lot of talk about coverage and when you could take your break and had to get permission if you wanted to extend your time. And so people, I think, had the idea that I had like this laptop, I could work in coffee shops kind of job, and I didn't. I was basically tied to my computer, you know, in my office that time. Um, and so now I'm kind of moving into something where I can take my laptop and move somewhere else. I can go on a vacation with it. Uh, what about you? Do you ever travel while you're working? Um, not as much lately oh, obviously <laughs> yeah but yeah but there was yeah in the past i have certainly and uh were you doing this intentionally from home or did you ever have like an office space once you started your coaching um procrastination prevention no I, i've been i've work? been home for a while now yeah yeah and what about mm-hmm. your par- partner your wife does she also work or how does that work for you guys yeah so i mean she works but she's she's home too Mm-hmm. which which helps because the kids are home yeah and <laughs> yeah so she can spend a lot of the time helping them with different homework lessons and yeah. making sure they're set up on their computers and all that mm-hmm. good stuff and then i kind of come in afterwards yeah yeah we mm-hmm. do a lot of juggling back and forth like when he takes his lunch break he's helping and i get my break to come up here and do something and yeah it's kind of constant isn't it <laughs> oh for sure absolutely uh, what do you struggle with when it comes to procrastination? Now that you were like the, the, the girl, right? You've, you've been speaking on this for what, nine years now. Uh, have you mastered it all yourself or where do you, where do you continue to lead? Well, to I think it, so the title of my book is the discipline of now. I think I always just have to make sure I've got the right disciplines in place. Yeah. I would say my biggest procrastination challenge is the whole thing of perfectionism. Yeah. Right. Because that that's, you know, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted that. that I, I can easily slip into that. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's yeah, I, I just have to monitor that. So even like I ran into that when I was writing the book mm-hmm. where I would try to write and edit at the same time. OK. As opposed to just, you know, get get the ideas out on paper, no matter how bad I think it sounds. <laughs> then go back, you know, get go mm-hmm. back and edit. So that's something I just always have to be mindful of. If I'm not, I could slip back into this whole perfectionism thing. Right. Uh, I know we're in November right now and it's uh, the novel writing month where people are trying to what do 50,000 words or something. I can't even, re- I, I haven't participated. I, I don't write novels, but do you have any other books in the works now or one and done? <laughs> no, actually, um, we're, uh, I'm actually working on a project um, with my partners, you know, the president of this What Now movement. We're coming out. There's a book that's going to be coming out. It's called The What Now Mindset. Okay. And we really we're interviewing people that have overcome these challenges. And instead of stopping, they've said, what now? You know, and and so we we talk about how to do that. We provide tools. So that'll be coming out towards the end of the first quarter of 2021. Oh, fun. So that's the next book project that we have going on. And then I'm, I'm going to write books, other books down the road. 
I, I actually did look it up and I could find it on Amazon, but is there a better place for people to look for your book to buy? Yeah, they can go to the disciplineofnow.com. Okay. They can, they can get it right directly from the website as well. It's a good place to get it. And um, mm-hmm. you mentioned a couple of Facebook groups earlier and the one that you were telling me about, is that one that you have started or is that part of, you said you have like a network of people that are doing those? Yeah, that's the one I, I started. It. It's it's the, the What Now Movement uh-huh. Facebook group. Yes. And okay. so I'm the head of it. And the whole point of the group is to get people to pivot when they face a challenge and not just stop. Okay. And so we provide, you know, Monday. So it's like every day is themed in the What Now Movement group. Mm-hmm. So Monday is Motivational Monday. Somebody will get in and talk for 15 minutes on a motivational topic. Tuesday's Time Management Tuesday. They'll talk 15 minutes on that. Wednesday's Wellness Wednesday. Thursday is thankful thursday friday is fitness friday uh-huh so we have that um so yeah so so there's tools it's very encouraging in the group it's a good place to collaborate network mm-hmm. and yeah so that's that's the group sounds like a lot of things that i want to have in our community here too so we'll have to chat a little bit more about that if um Absolutely. do you find that you have a lot of people in your in your group that are entrepreneurs or do you have a mix of people who are employees uh, working for a company versus the, you know, small business owners or entrepreneurs? Yeah, it's a mixture. So we have entrepreneurs, we have people that are career professionals. Um, maybe they've written a book, you know, so they're promoting that. Maybe they're a podcast host. Um, but then we have people that you know, have businesses and they have jobs, but they're trying to make the business the full time thing. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's it's a it's a mixture. Yes. Of- so same with this audience. And sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge to find information or help that will be applicable across, you know, both worlds. But I'm assuming you're probably pretty uh, good at <laughs> bridging that gap. Yeah, we're learning. We, we, we're starting to learn. Kind of what you kind of see what people respond to every now and then. We put little surveys out as far as kind of what what, what are people looking for, mm-hmm. and then we kind of take it from there. Well, let's wrap this up. I appreciate you coming back on and kind of helping round out the conversation that we started with earlier. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add as far as? Um, Actually, I don't think I asked you this question yet. I asked you earlier, what do you have, you know, advice, but um, do you have any products that you recommend that have helped you in your work from home experience, either digital tools or physical tools? Um, so I know there's a, there's an app, it's called Rescue Time. Yes. It, it helps you to track like how much time you're spending on different uh, social media sites. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it helps you to be, more productive because you can see, hey, I've been spending three hours a day on Facebook. You know, maybe I need to cut that off. Yeah, now, uh, I have screen time on my iPhone, and it has a little bit of that, but I find that I just ignore it. So, hmm. how do you how do you use the Rescue app like to be more productive? Well, so like I I one time I had it on my phone, uh, but now I I just have where I can look at it. Uh, on my desktop where you can see what percentage of time you're spending Mm -hmm. where and then it's just me seeing it you know it can help me to make adjustments accordingly yeah um and you know and they've got a setting where you can actually turn off access after a certain time yeah yeah it's it's pretty serious 
Yeah, um, I use the Newsfeed Eradicator. I think I mentioned that earlier for my Facebook, but I noticed the other day that you can now um, use it for a few of the other social media platforms. And yep. you can also like snooze the blockage that they have for like five minutes and after five minutes or 10 or 15 or 30 or whatever, but then it'll turn off again. And it just gives you an inspirational quote <laughs> to get yeah, back to go. business. Yeah. Um, so, so the other thing, I think you mentioned this too. So I, I also, I have a virtual assistant. Okay, good. Yeah. And I would, I'm telling you, it's, I mean, she makes it, I mean, I can get so much more done with, uh, her name is Esther. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and the good thing is she, she thinks of things, you know, before I can even think of it, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm like, you know what, I should have it. And I look and she's done it already. <laughs> you know? How long have you been working together to get to this point? Well, it's only been a few months actually, but it's just, you know, some people that you come across, they just kind of get it. Yeah. You know, and she's one of those people, fortunately. Uh, so, yeah, she helps to schedule my, my interviews. You know, I've got, I mean, I, I use Google Calendar. And mm -hmm. so she basically manages my calendar. So, if you know, the, the general process is if someone wants to interview me for something, they talk to her. Mm -hmm. You know, she looks at my calendar and, you know, if it works, she, she schedules it. And so I can just basically look at my calendar and See know what I've got in. coming up. I think I actually did schedule with her. I think yeah. she popped in and told me what time that would work well for you. So, yeah. And uh, how about physical products? Do you have anything like, uh, I know a lot of people use planners or like bullet journals and things like that to like manage their time. Are you into those things or not so much? Uh, not really. Like I said, just, just having the calendar and having the virtual assistant. Um, you know, every now and then I'll use Evernote. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something I use where, and I like it just because I can, I can talk into it um, and just kind of make notes for myself uh, if I, I need know. to. I can't think of, I was thinking OneNote, but what is Evernote? Evernote, same concept. So okay. basically Evernote is where you can take notes, but it, you know, it can be, it's an app. So it can be on your desktop, you know, it can be on your smartphone. Um, so a lot of times if I'm listening to an audio book, let's say, I'll have Evernote up and then so if something, there's something that's said that I need to remember, you know, I can just record in the Evernote and then now I've got the information that I just heard in the book that I wanted to capture. Oh, wow. Or uh, if I'm out somewhere and I, you know, I don't have access, you know, I can't get right to my three by five card, yeah. you know, I can just put it in Evernote. Is it a audio thing or you just type it in? It, both, either one. So you can, you can, if you prefer to type, you can type, um, but you can also just hit the little microphone and, and just talk it into your phone. Voice dictate it in. Voice dictate. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. And, and, you, and you always, like I said, you always have it and, you, and I can, I, I can go back to it. So if I read a book, you know, four months ago, you know, and it was a point that they said, I can always go back to my Evernote and see, oh yeah, there you go. Good. Yeah. I, I think I use the notes. I use a MacBook and uh, an iPhone and they can communicate and I use notes in, the, in a similar way. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have that search feature where you can like search for keywords and find things again. I'll have to look into the um, the platform and see how that works. Yeah, it worked, worked very well. I like it. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. Um, I, I felt like I had one more burning question that I didn't get to and I'm going to try to conjure that up really quick. Uh, oh, yes, your book. Who is the book for? Like, who will best learn or <laughs> who will learn best from your book? So the entrepreneur 
or the ex the executive leader, that entrepreneurial person that's mm -hmm. looking to go from good to great. Okay. That that's really kind of the ideal person that's going to benefit. And you is it mostly mindset stuff or is it more like hands-on? Oh, it's, it's both. So you, you have mindset things, but then you got specific tools and specific things that you can do depending on your personality type, depending on your circadian rhythm, mm. your morning person, if you're yeah. a night owl. One of the things one of the things that just frustrated me to no end with some of these books, it was just all the same cookie cutter information. It yep. was all, oh, you got to wake up early. You got to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. You know, <laughs> Actually, I do, but that's because I'm teaching at that time. <laughs> no, I, you know, I wake up at four, but well, not everybody is built that way. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of times, and you feel like a slacker if you don't wake up at four o'clock and run and do like all the stuff that I do, but that's yeah. not how you're wired. Right. You know, you could be a night owl. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, that, that's your circadian rhythm, yeah. but really, the, and I talk about this in the book. So the bottom line is to schedule your high priority activities during the time of day when you've got the most energy, you know? So, yeah. So, so basically, so, so that's it. So you can find tools within the book, you know, whether you're a morning person, whether you're a night owl, if you're a type A personality, if you're more analytical, you will find a tool to help you to overcome procrastination. I feel like I'm glowing because I'm so excited that you're recognizing that not everyone has that nine to five job and that nine to five rhythm. Because I've been, when I worked for, you know, those 10 years doing that transcription, I was working nights. It was 11 p.m. to 9 a.m. or, I mean, terrible hours. It's terrible for your health. Um, and then now um, in the more recent years, I've been teaching English in China. So I'm on their schedule. You know, their prime time hours are, you know, start at 4 a.m. here, and I would be getting up at 2.15 sometimes to teach a little bit earlier. So, um, yeah, basically all of that stuff does, didn't apply to me because I was constantly trying to find, like, sleep hacks and, <laughs> you know, how to how to fool my system into, you know, getting tired <laughs> and um, vacations. I felt like jet la I was jet-lagged, you know, every single day or every single week. Mm -hmm. So thank you for acknowledging that not everyone has that same exact right. schedule. Right. Or just the, you know, some people are just mourning people naturally or not. So, yeah, good, good. Well, I know that we still have more to talk about, but let's call this for now. I think we're right around an hour. And I appreciate your coming back and, and doing part B of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you inviting me back. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. And this is Yes, I Work From Home. I'm April Malone. This is Eric uh, Twigs with an S at the end. Uh, I apologize. I took it off earlier, but all right. We'll see you next time. All right. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye.